Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Greetings, Sir Alan. Notice I used the right title there. I'm up and at him today, and I'm yeah. ready to take on the world, or I'm at least do this podcast. Well, I was going to say, let's, let's do it in bite-sized chunks. How's that sound? Baby steps, man. Baby steps. Let's do it. Baby steps. Yep, yep, yep. Well, today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 22, Telethon. This episode first aired on May 6th of 2010 and uh, was written by Amy Poehler. I noticed that. You know Amy as Leslie, of course, and I won't talk about her acting credits. I will talk a little bit about her other writing credits, though. You know, she was a longtime writer on the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, She wrote five episodes of Parks and Rec. She also wrote for the Golden Globe Award series on Netflix, Russian Doll, and a new series called Duncanville. Oh, really? Was she on Russian Doll? Interesting. She she's actually the creator of that, and she wrote one episode. Oh, shame on me, I did not know that. That's a really have you seen that? That's that, an interesting show. It's it's in my queue, my my old school Netflix queue. I'm waiting for them to send me the DVD. I would never have guessed. Is that still that, a thing? That is a thing, old man. I, I, no, do they still do that? Really? I, no, you're you're joking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Constantine, reach out and punch that guy for me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But anyway, yeah. So, you know, multi-talented Amy Poehler. Yep. And yeah, I knew that she wanted to eventually write for the show. And I think this was the first, the first one of the, did you say five that she wrote? This is the first one? You're correct. This is the first of five episodes she wrote. And I noted what the other four were. I couldn't read them off to you right now because I didn't write them down. But what I recognized were they were episodes whose even their title stood out in my head. I think they're all pretty good episodes. Mm, I believe it. And we'll see. We'll see if that's true with this one today. It's the uh, as the show goes on. We will see. Absolutely. Well, this episode was also directed by Troy Miller. Troy, this is the fourth of seven episodes he directed. So we've talked about him briefly before. You know, I think we've associated his name with Arrested Development, Flight of the Concords, The Office, Parks and Rec, of course. And then uh, Mr. Show with Bob and Dave, which is one of my favorites. That's a good pedigree. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, both both very talented people, obviously. And I think we'll we'll see how that results in the outcome of today's show. Definitely. All right, Mark. Well, how would you like to give us some synopsises? I would love to. Nothing would please me more. Good. Good, Sir Allen. Um, <laughs> then proceed. Good, Sir Mark. Well, all right. Um, let's see. Hold on, I hear horses coming. That's a pair of coconuts. You don't fool me a bit. Um <laughs> So, you know, Alan, this was an interesting one. This was an interesting one to try and break down into the synopses as is my won't, because this actually, it reminded me a little bit of um, Rock Show, where there were a lot of small things going on in the background, and some were even relevant to other plots, but really it came together to one main central storyline. It's a good, good reflection. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, I guess more than anything, I can't think honestly of a lot of episodes that I'm going to say have one main A story and that's about it. They're, they're pretty few and far between. I think Rock Show is maybe the, the first to have that. So maybe that's why it came no, to mind. Good call. But anyway, so I have as my title, the A story. Let's diabete this. <laughs> Very nice. Actually, that's really good. Yeah. That's the first one I've ever thought was funny. Nice job. Thanks. And ow. Um <laughs> Gaza <laughs> team, you need to start punching him back. Um, all right. So here's my description. Leslie is given a four-hour programming block from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. for the 24-hour Pawnee Cares Diabetes Telethon and gets everyone yeah, for the cure, Mark. For the, for the cure. That's right. 
and and gets everyone in the office involved. Um, Tom is assigned to pick up the telethon's special guest from the airport, retired basketball player Detlef Shrimp. Ta-da! Uh, the telethon will be additionally challenging for Leslie, by the way, since she is already up for 24 hours straight creating T-shirts for the telethons, which, you know, <sighs> quite questionable. Um, with time to kill, when Tom picks up Detlef from the airport, he brings him, Detlef, to the Snake Hole Lounge. Well, this brings a lot of business in, but results in the owner, Freddie, uh, refusing to let Detlef go on account of all the business and this kind of delayed Leslie's, you know, headliner there. Um Leslie has, Leslie has several talents, uh, in air quotes, uh, go on air, including Andy's band Mouse Rat, Ron uh, demonstrating some of his skills, uh, and then uh, accountant Barney, uh, which who we love. I mean, just a whole variety of, uh, of motley assortment of talents there. Um, remembering, and then she starts to get desperate, remembering earlier in the day that, that during lunch that Mark had told her he plans to propose to Anne at some point. A desperate Leslie tells Mark that he should do it on air. What will happen? Will Mark propose to Anne on the air? Will Detlef Shrimp ever make it to the telethon? Will Leslie fall asleep before her programming block is over? Stay tuned, loyal viewers, and all will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. Thank you. And that's it. It's just an A story. It's, it's just an A story. Like, I, I was tempted to try and take some of the little subplotty things, but I thought, yeah. meh, I'll just make one. I just for the record and and again I, the, nobody's right or wrong here except when I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> I, I I broke out the Tom Detlef Shrimp thing into the B storyline. Just just because the action tends to happen somewhere else whether they're in the car or they're at the snake hole lounge. I, I think I, I I tend to think in terms of locales. Right or wrong. Okay. You are right or wrong. I agree. <laughs> um and and the audience, as always, our viewers, Mark, they'll dis, they'll determine which. Yes, they are the deciders. They are the ultimate deciders. Yeah, yeah they, they are the George W. Bushes, the deciders. So, yeah, uh, that's a throwback. All right. It is. We're old. Yeah. Well, very nice job on the synopsis there. Thank you for that, Mark. Well, should we get into AKAs then? Yes, let's get into the AKAs. Um, I have two this week. Um both obviously from your A storyline. They are. How did you know? They are both from my A storyline. You are exactly right, Sir Allen of the Round Table. Um, my first one just struck me as funny for no apparent reason. It's it's when Mark is having lunch with Leslie and tells her that he intends to propose to Anne. And Leslie gets real excited about it, blah, blah, blah. And then she starts talking about all these over-the-top things that Mark can do. One thing involves eagles and <laughs> how many eagles he needs. And then she finally like self chastises herself at uh, the end and says, you know what? It's your life. Get as many Eagles as you want. I love that line. I could almost see great, that on yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah, you know, five, what? 10. No, no, no. Just get as many as you want. It's, it's that's kind of Zen though. It is your life. You should get as many Eagles as you want. Everybody should have as many Eagles as they want. I'm with you. I, we have <laughs> to find that t-shirt tracker. I started it somewhere on a post-it note and I, I, I think I stuck it to a shirt and it got washed. So, oh, no. Um, yeah. So we may have to start over. I'd, I'd, I'd pay somebody like a nickel to go back and listen to all of our episodes and tell me how many times I've promised a T-shirt, though. All right, Constantine, you heard Alan. There's a fat nickel up for claims. Uh, you need to go and listen through all of our podcasts, uh, even the bad oh, ones. Oh, he, he's above that now in his new role as you know, producer. No, uh -huh. he, he's not going to do that. Same pay, which was nothing, but you know he's a producer now, Mark. It's beneath him. He, but he, I know, but you're shining a nickel above his head, like he needs an intern. Our <laughs> intern, our former intern, needs an intern. That's what he told me this morning. 
This is like a Russian nesting doll situation. Where does it, it stop? Is. Okay. Speaking of Russian doll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So my second AKA is um, at, at one point, uh, Leslie is uh, is uh, desperate to change what attention is happening to what on the telethon. And so a, a, as a result, she uh, pulls Shiny down, object. she pulls down her pants um, I don't know how to put it any more delicately than that. That's about right. And, and, and afterwards, uh, a very uh, annoyed Joan Calamezzo says, you just love flashing your ass, don't you? Which is funny. <laughs> and it's a great callback to the uh, uh, episode Christmas Scandal, which so good. She also flashed Joan on the she air. She did. Yeah. <laughs> that was no Molgate, Mark. Oh, that's right. No Molgate. Yes. How could I forget yes. what you got? Well, Mark, you know, because there were two storylines, I chose one from each. Yeah. Good for you. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> the A storyline, uh, you know, obviously with uh, the, the telethon going on, you know, Leslie at one point actually gets to take the stage and do a little hosting of her own and, you know, um, you know, has some, some fun lines with Joan, which we'll get to later. But she starts off one of the segments by saying, you know, there are two types of diabetes, but only one type of caring. I just like that. <laughs> that is cute. Yeah. yeah. I thought, hey, yo, by the way, it's type one caring in case mm. you were wondering. Gotcha. But I thought that that was actually another T-shirt idea. So I like it. And then and then speaking of good T-shirts, maybe even out of context in this one, Tom eventually also takes the stage pretty late in the telethon there. <laughs> <laughs> makes a fool of himself. <laughs> and just in case you didn't know, because of the slurring and the crazy talking coming out of his face hole, he goes, by the way, I'm drunk. So, yeah, I I just think that's a good shirt. Context doesn't matter. You, it, it really applies to so much in life. That is a great little mini soundbite that could apply to anything. I could see that on a hat. I, I like it. Yo, I, I have a Cubs hat on today. Go Cubbies. But I see that. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, by the way, I'm drunk would fit really well on the hat. <laughs> I like it. Good yeah, AKs. Like it Those are good AKs. Well, let's do this, Mark. Let's move into our breakdown and get this show on the road. All right. Let's do it, man. All right, Mark. Well, you want to set up the uh, cold open for us? Oh, do I ever. All right. Well, Alan, we have a cold open. It's about 46 seconds. It's uh, not plot relevant, but very, very funny. Um, actually, you know what? Let's have Constantine play this. I think it, it, it plays pretty well. You know what? I like it. Let's do that. All right. Hi. What's going on here? Puppy. Puppy is here. Can we keep him? My neighbor's dog had a litter. They're looking for people to adopt. I love him. I wish he had tiny puppy shoes. I would totally shine his little shoes for free. Aww. I do say Aww. the cutest stuff. Look, I love a good dog as much as the next guy, but this building doesn't allow animals. Andy, take him outside. What, and shoot him? No, just <laughs> keep him outside. Oh, come on, Ron. I'm just a little puppy. Oh. I ain't done nothing wrong. I'm just a puppy. Oh, I like your mustache. Oh, I wish no. I could have one. Oh. But I can't. Oh. But I'm just a little puppy. Mm. Uh, mm. Okay, take him out and shoot him. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good idea, Mark. I like that. Oh my gosh, that was that's so freaking funny. And you know, Alan, what didn't come across in the visual there? Yeah. Um, you know, a, a couple for the things. viewers at home for for the viewers at home that yeah we we've done the research. We know you're not viewers. Um, you know that the puppy is is <laughs> Tom picks up the puppy 
marches over to Ron when he's going, you're just a little puppy. And then, and, and Andy cannot believe his eyes when the puppy just starts licking Ron's fuller brush mustache. <laughs> and, and Ron just stands there stoic, just letting this puppy lick all over his oh, mustache God. and his face. And then, you know, that goes on for whatever, 20 seconds and all right, take him out and shoot him. Just <laughs> hilarious. It's so good. Uh, you know what? I'll take a, 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 a cold open. That's that funny any week, even if it is not plot relevant. Completely agree with you, sir. And, and you know what? I, I really am curious. I, I'd love to get a copy of the production script because I need to know how many use Tom put in puppy there. I want to say it's four. Yeah. Yeah. What are you spell that? I agree. Yeah. Puppy. <laughs> All right. Well, following the incident with the puppy, the mm-hmm. gang is in the bullpen and, uh, you know, Leslie enters shouting fire. Although Andy seems to be the only one who kind of panics. Yeah. I, I think maybe the rest of them know Leslie well enough to know her particular brand of cried wolf shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, although not, not that that's a particularly good, you know, habit to have. Um, <laughs> But yeah, her her point in saying that is to get everybody's attention, apparently, and hopefully excited about the upcoming now here 24 hour Pawnee Cares Diabetes Telethon starting that night. And, you know, this year she's really excited, especially because she got to program her own four hour block uh, <clears throat> from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. And she <laughs> signed everyone up for multiple shifts. So answering phones, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And no one's excited about it. No one wants to go. Um, and on top of that, you know, we find out Leslie stayed up all night last <laughs> night, but like before God. the telethon, creating slogan T-shirts, uh, which I think say diabetes, period. Let's diabetes this. So, you know, so it it seems questionable. It seems like a questionable decision seeing that she's going to be up all night tonight as well. I'm just always intrigued with Leslie's ever expanding skill set. You know, we we've noted a lot of the stuff she's good at before organization and, you know, over preparation. And this is another good example of that. But I had no idea she could embroider that. That's a that's a that's a talent. Those those shirts look crisp. You know what? Didn't she do pillow embroidering, though, with Jerry's picture before? She did. No, good Mm. call. Yeah, I had totally forgotten that. Uh, Great callback. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, another thing that happened there in that sequence that was great, in fact, kind of, well, two things in particular. One's kind of, uh, you know, kind of become its own trope, you know, not just here on this show, but outside. And that's, uh, you know, it's it's important because Pawnee is the fourth fattest town in the U.S. Mm, yes, they so are. So we, we've seen that printed in many places. And but what they don't include in the, you know, when you see it out in the in the wild is what the kids say are, are the list. And, you know, it's it's it goes us and then Dallas and then Tulsa and um, certain parts of the Mall of America. <laughs> Just certain parts, though. So only certain parts. I think over by the Sabaro in in particular. Yeah. See, I was going to say by the Cinnabon. <laughs> hey, they both work. Yeah. Yeah, they sure nice, do. Nice. The, the other thing in there was Jerry really did not want to do this. I mean, tonight's kind of a special night, oh. if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink, okay. nod, nod. Yeah. And everyone's like, gross. And then Tom goes, it's Jerry's <laughs> sex night. That ruins sex and tonight. Both. Both in one fell swoop. Oh, so good. Yikes. Anyway, moving on. Well, from here, we're out in the courtyard and and Mark and Leslie are having a little bit of lunch there. And, you know, it turns out Leslie's not a very big fan of salad. No, (laughs) no, she (laughs) thinks it sucks. Yeah. Um, So during lunch, Mark tells 
Leslie that instead of asking Anne to move in with him, he's going to ask her to marry him. And wow. Leslie is Leslie is, I think, genuinely very excited about this, like in a happy way. Unlike maybe she was, you know, in, in prior times. Yeah, I think she I, came to terms with, you know, kind of him stepping things up last week, at least mentally. And now, bam, he's dropping I, the hammer. I completely agree. And and so she tells Mark that she supports the idea. And, that, you know, and, and she also says, look, how you ask someone to marry you is a very, very big deal. And she goes into a series of over the top suggestions about how Mark should do it with hot air balloons and riding up on horseback and eagles and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Can can you get five eagles? No, no, no. Ten eagles. <laughs> she goes, no, you're right. It's your life, Mark. Get as many eagles as you want. That's right. That's one of my AKs. Yeah, it was your AKA. Very nice. Yep. Yep, yep. Love it. Love it. Well, following the sequence, you know, Leslie and Tom are in their office and Leslie's beginning to kind of check in with people to see what their plans are for the telephone. And she starts out with her buddy, Tom. What a good place to start. Well, he starts uh, starts it off right by just telling her, I, I have no interest. Or he says, <laughs> I can't be there on account of I don't want to and I have no interest in it. So, you know, I, I, it. I think maybe I don't know if this was pre-planned or in response to that. But but Leslie says, well, Tom, you're you're in charge of our VIP mm. uh, special telephone guest, ex-Pacers ex Indiana Pacers, small forward debtless shrimp. And, you know, specifically pick him up at the airport and, and you're going to have some time to kill. So entertain him until it's time for him to join the telephone. You know, it's brilliant by Leslie, whether she responded, you know, as a response to Tom saying he didn't want to do anything or whether she'd pre-planned this knowing Tom would want to be all over it. But I love that she calls him his body man. To me, the, immediately I connected right over to West Wing. You know, Charlie is the president's body man. I can't help continue to draw parallels between these two uh, <laughs> technically political shows, although from two different universes. Right, right. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're exactly right. Yeah. The, the other funny thing there was, you know, this, uh, you know, they got to get him into hair and makeup around 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. You know, do they, does Pawnee Cable Access even have hair and makeup? Well, they got a communal uh, lipstick and a box of combs. Uh, <laughs> LOL and yuck. Yeah. I'm thinking that's, uh, you know, maybe lice and some other things might not be a good idea. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the next scene, it's it's 5.32 p.m. We're back. We finally moved over to Pawnee Community Access. And, you know, Leslie is kind of sharing her stay up all night plan with Anne at this point. Anne is not happy about Leslie's decision to stay up another 24 hours. Right. Um, now, Leslie appreciates the concern, but, you know, she, she tells Anne she knows she can do it, especially because... Alan, she has her secret weapon, which she shows Anne, <laughs> which is a bag full of Nutri-Yum bars. Yeah. Um, Anne's not real happy about that either, but uh, what, what are you going to do? These kids nowadays. Um, Leslie, perhaps strategically, changes topic um, to check in with Anne and ask her how things are going with Mark. And Anne kind of answers in her typical uh, pleasant but blasé style, uh, you know, oh, things are good. And Leslie asks her a little bit. She pressures her a little bit and says, well, what do you think Mark is the one? And Anne kind of goes, eh, I don't know, maybe, you know, so not not a whole lot of like passion or umph behind that, but just kind of meh. Um, Ron, I think we see Ron arrive from behind them. And yeah. uh, Leslie tells him uh, he's like, what you got for me? And Leslie tells him he's on phone answering duty from four to six <laughs> in the morning. And he's like, all right, I, I got to nap up. You know, I think his quote is, if I don't get a solid five, it kills, it kills my sunny disposition and we can't have that. No, that'd be terrible. Can nope. you imagine if he was less sunny yeah, than he already he might, is? 
might be taking Tom out and shooting him, not just he uh, might. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the, the other thing that occurs to me, it's 532 p.m. Ron's shift starts at 4 a.m., you know, 11 hours from now. Hey, you, you got to be better be safe than sorry. I guess. Well, I mean, it probably <laughs> turns out it's a good thing he's there a little early. We'll find out that here in a bit. Yup. Yeah. I think the only other thing that happened in that sequence, there's Leslie's got a great little talking head about her Nana and the devil, which is pretty entertaining. So oh, yeah. I, I recommend you go out and hear that. And if you get the DVDs, check out the deleted scenes because they did it a slightly different way. Um, both are funny, but I like the way they did it here where they made it just this kind of talking head. But uh, yeah, Nana and the devil. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. really into the devil. Hey, that could be the next name for Mouse Rat. Nana and the devil. Yeah. I like, <laughs> like it. it. I do yeah. too. Yeah. Well, in the next sequence, Tom has picked up Detlef and they're clearly, you know, I think maybe he's been reading his Wikipedia bio. Yeah, there's not a lot that happens in this scene. He's he's driving Miss Detlef there. Um, and uh, he, <laughs> nice. he's, uh, thank you. <clears throat> so they, he's coming from the airport and um, Detlef, Detlef is in the backseat. That, that's the one thing that cracked me up is is he said, hey, you know, you got enough room back there. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fine. You don't have to have the seat all the way up. And he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> On account of small. Um, but yeah, apparently Tom has done a lot of research and just trying to impress Detlef with all the Wikipedia based knowledge and that's, yeah. which is pretty funny. That's about all that happens. Yeah. Well, my favorite one I'll just mention real quick was, you know, the fact that he appeared on two episodes of the German soap opera, uh, Gutschzeiten, Schlechtzeiten. So yeah. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, and I think the only other thing we learned that, you know, Detlef is a full six ten, while Tom is a five, six and three quarters. Oh, yeah. There, there's yeah. that weird little like semi talking yeah. head with both of them. I didn't know what to make of that. That was kind of funny, though. I think I looked at the background of that. I think it's kind of, you know, post car ride. They've arrived at the snake hole and they've got this weird little, like you said, kind of odd talking head. But it's it's a fun. one. Yep. I think you're right. I think they're at the snake hole at that point. Well, after that, Leslie is preparing the crew to go on the air over at Pawnee Public Access. And, you know, we got some really excellent, uh, you know, punching bag Jerry here and then a little bit of our favorite uh, nutty, nutty Joan Calamezzo as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everybody's uh, getting ready, preparing to go live. Uh, you know, we see Donna and Jerry and April specifically uh, preparing to sit down and, and man the phone bank. Um, and, uh, Donna is interested in seeing if the phones call out, you know, for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah, she just just curious. And uh, Jerry finds out his phone is actually not just a phone, but it's his. It's actually like a whole switchboard with like twenty five lines. It's got a little uh, sidecar on it. I love it. Leslie, just <laughs> figure it out, Jerry. And then April immediately goes, April. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> just just pounce right on him. Oh gosh. And then yeah, like you said, uh, Joan Calamazzo greets Leslie and and warns her that telehosting is not as easy as it looks. Her quote is, "This isn't C-SPAN. This is local access forty-six. <laughs> Don't blow it." Good lord! I didn't realize that in the the you know stepping up the pegs, you went from C-SPAN up to local access forty-six. That I, I learned that in this episode. Yep, it's only slightly below the Ocho. I love it. The Ocho. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to watch that movie again. That's a great one. It's a great one. 
Well, Joan and Martin take the stage at the telethon, and I think they're finally kick it off. They're on air, and you know, there's a, a good long sequence of events here, uh, and we're going to see a couple people take the stage, including uh, somebody we've recognized from the past. That is correct, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. Um, Joan Calamezzo is joined by, and I didn't know what this dude's name was initially when I first remember seeing him in beauty, beauty pageant. pageant and i don't yeah. think that was the first time he was actually on the show i think that he was, was actually in yeah he was in a season one so yeah who we're talking about folks is martin housley who's uh the <laughs> pawnee's uh most uh proliferant uh uh mc i guess look mark he can do rich little he can do carson and uh well he can do those two things and and joan does not like it when no. he does when he does uh, not a bit um not a bit. So they're they're introducing uh, the telethon there in, in themselves and they're talking about some upcoming features. Um, and then that gives way to uh, Martin Housley uh, introducing Pawnee's most bookable personality. <laughs> Another person we saw in beauty yeah. pageant, as a matter of fact, uh, Denise Yermley. Um, <laughs> and she starts singing Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. <sighs> So Ex- excellently. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the way I looked at it, Alan, is Denise is singing this and it kind of is the background, uh, you know, music to a, what the kids call a montage. Yes, and, we see, and we see a lot of things happening. We see people um, in acts arriving at the telethon and we see the phones ringing. We see the gang uh, talking to prospective donators. And so th- things are moving along, you know, Um and and during this, Leslie also uh, claimed at, at the beginning of this. Actually, I think Leslie was really really tired. Although her shift she was, was. going to start for another six hours, so you know she's in trouble. But at this point, during the 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 Yermley uh, montage, uh, Leslie says, "You know, now I feel great. Things are running smoothly." And and uh, you know, we see her dipping into her baggy Nutrium bars. So I think we know why. Um, she's also and, got the little clipboard thing there going clipboard mouth, clipboard yeah, mouth. Clipboard. Yeah. She's, it quickly <laughs> goes from, uh, from sleepy to several instances of manic behavior. Uh, and my, my favorite is where she says, <laughs> she says, there's just something in these nutrient bars that just makes you feel great. And then <laughs> next scene, it cuts to Anne in a, just a room by herself. And she goes, it's a block of sugar. And then sugar. from behind her, Leslie slams herself oh, yeah. against the glass and goes, Ha! <laughs> I scared I the peed, crap out of me. I know I peed a yeah. little bit the first time, but Love then I it. just laughed. Yeah, it was great. The the other thing in that montage there, Mark, as you pointed out, I love was um, apparently they're going to show a. Vi- I think there's a couple video pre- presentations we'll see over the course of the telethon. Here, this is the first one, and again, if there's ever anything that was worthy of a T-shirt, it's clearly this documentary poster. Um, Even my tongue is fat. The story of Pawnee. <laughs> <laughs> yes we know if we know it uh. <laughs> maybe that's that's cartman's problem maybe that's there, why he sounds like that i never thought of it he's got fat tongue syndrome yep <laughs> wow well following that leslie has finally crashed from the blocks of sugar aka nutrium bars yep. that she's been eating and you know and and comes in and not only that but wants to talk to her a little bit about this uh you know the situation Right, right. Per Leslie's instructions, Anne has woken her up uh, at 145 for her to get ready for her shift at two. And so she's kind of like slapping herself together and waking herself up. She's kind of groggy still. And Anne says, hey, you know, I really want to talk to you about something. 
which I'm sure Leslie would have done, except right at that moment, she gets a phone call uh, on her cell phone from Tom. Um, and Tom's telling Leslie, hey, everything's great here at the Snake Hole Lounge. Who'd have thunk that people love uh, professional athletes, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, their business is booming there. And Leslie's like, okay, great, but get get the hell over here. So she's a little... Uh, unnerved about that, that they're not, they're obviously not going to be there in time for two o'clock at this point. Right. Um, <clears throat> and um, at the end of this, we just see a real quick scene from Tom's perspective at the snake hole lounge, where yeah. I think his intention was, he was like, all right, you know what? We will take off. I think that he was genuinely going to try to do that. Yeah. And he stopped by um, uh, a tiny mafia guy, uh, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie. Uh, that, that's the vibe I get from him. I don't know if that's really true. But he stopped by, by you know, Snake Hole Lounge club he owner, Freddie. He, he looks like it. And, and he says, you know, yeah, this is the most business the club's done in month. He's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> God. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm thinking. You know, we know Tom is five, six and three quarters. Well, Freddie might be five, eight <laughs> on a good day. Yeah. And, you know, Detlef, you know, six, ten. I'm pretty sure that between Detlef and Tom, you know, even though Tom might start to be getting a little loose here, um, they could take Freddie. Just, you know, take him out. Well, if nothing else. It. I, oh, he deserved to be punched in more. If nothing else, Tom could just get down on all fours and Detlef could just push him backwards. Push. Yeah. 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 That would take care of it. That's a classic for a reason. It really is. <laughs> I, I love what, back in the day when you and I used to practice that, Mark. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Actually, yeah. the last time we did that, I think Constantine hit the deck. That was so funny. He did not think that was that no, funny. As a matter of fact, if I, if I remember right, that was directly before he got <clears throat> promoted Oh yeah, well the lawyer. Well, never mind. We can't. We'll talk, we can't talk about that on the air. We were no. He's yeah. doing a great job, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, good. Good call. Good. Call. Yo. Well, Leslie realizes that they do indeed have a shrimp problem, as she had said before. Yep. And uh, she's going to turn to Mouse Rat to save the day here. Yep. They've got a shrimp problem, and they don't have a spray for that. So yeah, she <laughs> uh, she says, "Hey, you know, uh, he's not going to be here. So I was going to have Mouse Rat go on at three. You guys are going on at two now." And Andy's kind of psyched. You know, he says, "Like I'm, I feel like I'm headlining the event. Let's do this." Um, and then there's there's just a quick little moment. Uh, April was kind of hanging out with Andy and Mouse Rat, and once they kind of exit the room, getting getting ready to go on the air, Leslie asks her how things are going with her and Andy. And April's just, you know, in typical April fashion, snarkily responds, oh, they're going really well. We're going to get married and I'm pregnant with this child. <laughs> so and then April. leaves. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. The kids these days, Mark. I know. Well, Leslie then takes the stage and, you know, I call it the stage of caring. <laughs> yeah, this this was a pretty funny, clever bit. She Leslie is now on the air and... She talks about the two types of diabetes and, and, but there's only one type of caring. That's right. Uh, ty type one caring. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, and, and Leslie talks about the fun stuff coming up, including uh, Indiana Pacers legend, Detlef Shrimp. And then she introduces Mouse Rat, who begins singing uh, Sex Hair, which, <laughs> if I remember right, is a great callback to uh, Galentine's Day when yeah. Andy first talked about writing a song called that but we didn't know it was really a thing so that's right it's really a thing folks and he's singing it on the telethon <laughs> uh, the, the only other thing that happens in the scene is um 
while Mouse Rat is singing, it's not really a montage per se, but we we have a little Leslie talking head and she points at the donation board. It's a little bit over 14,000 and says, you know, by 6, 6 uh, a.m., our goal is to hit 20,000. And I think she realizes she has a little bit of work to go. So she yeah. calls calls in a donation of her own. I love that Jerry answers the phone and goes, uh, Leslie? <laughs> yeah, it's like she kind of got busted, even though she's trying to do a nice uh. thing. So bad. Yeah. You know, the the type one, you know, uh, caring there, Mark, the best part of that little <laughs> sequence was she goes, you know, but only one type of caring, type one caring. And tonight, God willing, we'll be stricken with that. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. So yep. good. Nice work writing on this show. Me Somebody too. should do a podcast about this show. I agree. I Someone agree. talented. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's what's missing. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the studio, Mouse Rat is still playing. I think they're probably still playing sex here, in fact. And, you know, Leslie, she's really worried about the lack of donations. And I think she's going to reach out to the team for some ideas here. Yeah, she she goes right to the the, the phone bank volunteers and says, I, I don't think we can wait for people to call us. We need to start calling out. And um, which Donna appears appears to not particularly care about as she has called out already yes, uh, to, her, to her brother uh, in Liberia uh, <laughs> on account of he wants to know what happened so far on Lost. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> I still want to know. Me too. I, I watched it. And I someone's gonna have to tell me. Right, smoke monster. No oh, God. Well, you know, over at the snake hole, Tom is sharing some stories with Detlef and this, this kind of funny jump cut sequence. And you know, I would say Detlef should get the MVP award for good sportsmanship here. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, there's Tom is drunkenly babbling to Detlef, you know, jump cuts about a lot of crazy stuff, and it's pretty funny. And then Detlef, good on him, has a two second talking head where he says he had two beers, light beers, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that's all it takes to send Tom a little over the edge there. Um, and and Detlef tries to uh, gently uh, steer Tom towards going to the telethon. <gasps> But a good song comes on and totally distracts drunk Tom. Yeah. And after yeah. this song. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Tom is a two light beers kind of guy, you know, five, six and three quarters. Uh, I'm guessing he weighs what, you know, 0.90 bucks there or something like that. I mean, it's not a lot. Something like that. I know his boots are too narrow for Leslie. That's true. So we have established <laughs> that much. Yep. Well, in the green room, we see Ron apparently doing something I think we are going to call sleep fighting. That's I think that's the term he used. So Leslie's kind of freaked out at this point because she is not sure what she's going to do exactly to fill the time. So she yeah. goes into Ron, who she's turned to in the past for advice and, you know, she'd help her save the day and, you know, brainstorm. So she goes into where Ron is napping on a couch and she sees him doing these motions with his fists and his elbows while he has on his sleep mask and, you know, headphones he's sleeping and Apparently, yeah, you're right, Alan. He's sleep fighting. So she wakes him up, nearly avoids a, a, a right cross. Yeah, uh, it's close. While, while she wakes him up and says, you got to help me uh, fill in the next three hours. You know, Detlef isn't here. And and uh, he didn't want to get up, but he grumpily agrees to wake up. Um, I, I love his, uh, he has a great little talking head here. Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of the only times I've seen his, uh, his, uh, his his hair there his quaff uh, his his quaff uh is is uh kind of mussed up from you know sex hair i mean sleep sleeping um <laughs> and he tells the camera uh 
I'm only here because I owe Leslie a thousand favors. I'm not big on charities. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Don't teach a man to fish and you feed yourself. He, he's a grown man. Fishing is not that hard. It's so good. It's so Ron. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> well, I guess if you're going to get your, your quaff all messed up, Mark, you know, and if, if it can't be sex hair, then I guess sleep fighting is maybe the next best thing. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back on the air, Burley from the mouse rap band there is, it seems to be holding down the phone, but you know, Leslie's back over at the phones talking to the team again, just to see if anybody's got any ideas about how to save the day. Yeah, I think the two things we see Burley do is play the Canadian uh, national anthem. And then yeah. I'm going to hold a, a D chord. As, Let's see how long I can hold it. <laughs> and so that's exciting. Entertaining. Um, and uh, Leslie is kind of dipping into the past. Uh, we, we're touching on a lot of old episodes. I kind of like this. Yeah. So she says, hey, April, maybe could you call the rec center huh? and see, get yeah. some of their those teachers uh, to come show off their special skills like they did in Leslie's house. And right. um, but April not having it. Um, no. Jerry, uh, the surprisingly multi-talented Jerry comes up and uh, offers to do magic and and demonstrates his skills by kind of oddly producing an egg from his mouth, it looks like. And Leslie is a little bit horrified at this and like goes, oh, that's disgusting and throws the egg down and it's real. And then she goes, oh, that's that's amazing. Go do that. And he's like, you broke my egg. <laughs> like, you've crippled me. What am I supposed to do? But I do play the piano, uh, you know, quite, uh, quite beautifully, actually. And she's like, don't bother me with this, Jerry. Like completely dismisses. Why are you wasting my time? I know. Poor guy. Um, and then at that point, I think we see Ron walk up and says, don't worry, Leslie, I've got it covered. Yep. And then the next thing we see is Ron is now on the air, apparently teaching everyone how to recane a chair. Well, he and is a master caner, Mark. <laughs> I suspected thing. as much. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Um, April actually makes an observation oh, from yeah. the phone bank. You remember this, that, that this is actually for the first time in the entire night is causing them to lose money. And I yeah, think we see the board backwards. go down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that even work? What even is that? <laughs> Over under. There it is. This chair is almost caning itself. <laughs> like <laughs> Over under. Over. Yep. You know it. Here it comes. Under. <laughs> Good Lord. Riveting television. Yeah. Well, there at the end of that sequence too, Mark, I think that the the focus kind of shifts over to April, who's, you know, I think just taking, uh, you know, a call, trying to get a donation. But then Andy walks up and uh, she sees an opportunity. Yeah, she's like you said, she's just talking to someone about donation. And she, I think she sees Andy out of the corner of her eye kind of approaching and she quickly changes her voice to sound flirty and laughing and and, you know, says, oh, why don't you forget about the donation? And just, why don't you come down here and meet me in person? Huh? Yeah. And then uh, after hanging up the phone, uh, uh, April turns to Andy and then Andy's like, hey, uh, was that a was that a funny girl you're talking to <laughs> and you know i i saw the deleted scenes so i know this is a little bit different than the yeah, deleted scenes but i is. gotta say in this main show i wasn't sure if andy picked up on this or not because it seems pretty obvious but he can be pretty clueless you know what i mean 
I, I think there's this, the thing they both had in common was kind of a nervous laughter when he said, hey, was that a funny girl? So I think he did pick up on it. But you're right. It was much more clear in the deleted that, you know, he was pretty jealous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can I talk like about to, that. I, yeah. yeah I, I like to think that he picked up on it, though. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. Well, we're back on stage at that point, back on air. And I think Barney, our favorite QuickBooks accountant, has t- finally taken the stage. Oh, Barney. Once uh, again, this is a callback to Leslie's house. I guess yeah. they, maybe Man, they did reach out. There are a lot of them in this episode. I, there, there are. Don't pick up on it right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so Barney is on the air demonstrating, as you said, once again, da, 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 QuickBooks Pro, riveting TV. Um, maybe better than chair caning. I don't know. Um, uh, so in a talking head, it's clear that Leslie is starting to panic. You know, she tells the audience she has no debt lift, no backup plan, no more nutrium bars and Uh no more ideas. And in desperation, we see her kind of have an aha moment where we see her come up with the concept of Mark, maybe proposing to Anne on the air. Uh Oh, well, while that's happening, Ron's fallen back asleep. I think following his, uh, you know, master caning demonstration, he's sleep fighting once again. And, you know, Leslie comes in the room to find Mark and uh, I think share this, this, uh, you know, epiphany she's had. <laughs> Didn't Mark say this is, and he's watching Ron do oh, this yeah. and he's like, this is fascinating. This is like underwater ballet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a speaking of deleted scenes, there's an extension of that. If you watch those where there's just a, a oh, whole yeah. sequence of great Ron ballet yeah. moves and they're really good. I love the w- way it ended there, too, where they couldn't tell if he was like sh- uh, pumping his fist in victory or if he had taken his opponent's heart, ripped it out of his chest and was in the process of eating it. We, we were never clear. Hey, I saw uh, Indiana Jones Temple of yeah. Doom. Um, num Shabbat, and you pull the guy's heart out. I know how that works. Um, so yeah, so Leslie brings Mark, or, or Leslie is talking to Mark in the in what we'll call the sleep fighting room, um, yeah. <laughs> and she says, "Hey, you know, why don't you propose to Anne on air?" And Mark is, of course, hesitant because this is kind of like, you know, I don't know about this. Are you sure? But Leslie reminds him what they talked about, specifically how you ask someone to marry you is important, and you, it should be a big deal, and you know what's going to be bigger than this. So Mark. Mark's considering it. I, th- I think like maybe he's going to he's going to buy into it. And he mentions he does have his grandmother's ring at home that he could go get. Right. So. Right. Well, I love the Actually, this was a very they like they frequently do. They ended this sequence with a little mini talking head and not a lot happens. But he basically says, I trust Leslie, but I don't know. And then he he, he literally breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera crew and says, uh, what do you think I should do? So yep. he's not real sure about this. You can tell. Right. Right. I, I think he's wanting to do I'd like to think he's trying to do right by Anne. Like if if Leslie's correct and this is a big deal, he wants to. to yeah, be, yeah I think you're right. Do right by her. But I, it's still it's kind of weird. It's a, it's a little out there for sure. Well, back on stage and on air, Barney has wrapped up his QuickBooks demonstration and Leslie once again kind of takes the stage. Yeah, she she ushers him off um, and. uh she says, you know, Detlef Schrempf is, is, uh, he's still not here. He's temporarily delayed, but something um, amazing is about to happen, dot, dot, dot. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy this video. I think this is the second of the two videos <laughs> you're talking one, about. Yeah. It says, hey, why don't you enjoy this video called One Butt, Two Seats, The Widening of America. Oh, God. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Les- this made me uncomfortable, Mark. I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie uh, looks over to the side and sees Anne start to leave. And she runs over to stop her and apologizes for how crazy things have been and asks her what she wanted to talk about earlier. And actually, you know what? This would be a good clip for Constantine to play. What do you think? No, I like that idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Wait, Anne, Anne, where are you going? Just stay a little while longer. Leslie, I'm so beat. I'm so sorry that I've been crazy. What did you want to talk to me about? No worries, I can wait. No, no, what is it? I think I need to break up with Mark. I've just been feeling for a while like something's missing. And I kept thinking about the question you asked me today, about whether or not he's the one. And he's not. Mark really loves you. I think he's ready to take this to the next step. He doesn't know what he's ready for, but I think I do. Is he just going to have to marry him and figure it out? (laughs) No. No, no. Why would you do that? No, 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 no. no. Good for you, Anne. There you go. A little bit of a bombshell, but I mean, I think that most of us knew this was coming. Yeah, I think we sensed and you you see Anne's hesitation. And even earlier, we, we didn't go into the depths of every scene, you know, we've talked about and, uh, you know, you're welcome. But th- there was that part, you know, where even Mark bringing her coffee, he just didn't even get her coffee order right. So as right. much as he thinks he wants this, I don't know if they know each other well enough. And I, I think this is just another another sign on the road that uh, this is not going to work. I agree. And I, I think like Mark has made very clear in the past, even though he used to be a player and he's, you know, uh, gone out with several women, I don't think he's ever been a boyfriend or in a relationship to this degree. So I don't really think he, this is kind of uncharted territory point. for him. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point and worth remembering for sure. Well, Leslie's now on the phone and trying to reach Mark or Tom, you know, based on this bombshell, but um, nobody's going to answer the phone at this point, unfortunately. We we see her make three phone calls. One is, as you said, to Mark to, uh, I think, to stop him from proposing, yeah. of course, now that yeah. she's had this bombshell from Anne. Uh, second phone calls to Tom to see where the hell he and Detlef are. And third is to herself for what I think is some much needed self-affirmation. So, you know, good, good for her. Um, the camera goes over to around the, the phone bank area, I think, and... What do you know? Our, our, our one of our favorite uh, Parks Department <laughs> adversaries, Sewage Joe. Sewage I know Joe. That's, that's not that's what I got to call him. That's I think that's funny. Well, I, I think in the script, his official name is Joe from Sewage. <laughs> so Sewage oh, so really? Joe works just as well. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's just yeah. always what I call him. So yeah. Sewage, Sewage Joe uh, walks into the building and confirms who April is and then tells her, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Joe from the phone. I'm the guy who made you laugh. Remember I sounded strong and I was really funny and stuff. So, Hey, uh, my van's out back. Uh, Let's, let's roll. So as you can imagine, stranger uh, danger, uh huh. an uncomfortable April tells him, no, please leave and and steps away from him. Sewage Joe (laughs) starts to follow her, but Andy steps in between them and yeah. tells sewage joe he needs to leave um so yeah, hit the road buddy yeah bye-bye so annoyed uh, sewage joe does indeed leave and we see april looking on with a smile kind of admiring i think what andy just did yeah i feel like we're uh, we're starting to see that that situation start to repair itself for sure yeah agreed 
Well, Leslie has taken the stage again and she's, you know, I think pretty desperate. She's doing her best to fill time with a series of things that she's doing herself. And we see these in kind of a, a really funny jump cut sequence. Meanwhile, Tom, uh, you know, is back at the bar and I think he sees that they they could really use his help. Yeah. And you know what, Alan, I, I should say that there are a few scenes throughout this entire episode where we get time cues. And because I'm broken the way that I am, I've oh, kind yeah, of I know filled in little, little mental time cues. Sure. So I have us here at I'm a total guess around 520 a.m. And the only reason I say that is because we're coming down to like the last less than the last hour, like the last few minutes of, right. of, of her, of her shift. So yep. yeah. We, and Leslie's trying to fill this remaining time. Like she got nothing. She's, she's scraping the bottom of the barrel here. So she, um, the, <laughs> the three things that we see her do is uh, a, uh, she does, uh, she keeps tally on a flipboard on of coin toss results, okay. which I found oddly fascinating. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know what that says about me. Um, Wasn't it like 90 and 90 or two? I mean, like she's done nearly 200 of these coin flips at this point. Yeah. And she's like, what's yeah. going to be next? I like, she's, she's trying to act like it's riveting. <laughs> and then the other thing B, she describes her favorite episode of friends, which for those of you that are wondering, <clears throat> it's the one with Chandler in a box, uh, which I, I have to say is pretty good. That's, that's gotta be one of my top it's a five. Good one. Yeah. yeah. And then C, she says, now I'm going to drink eight glasses of milk. And Anne <laughs> says, no, you're not on account of if you did that, you would die. And oh, well, I guess we don't want that. Um, yeah. The, the camera flips over extremely quickly. This is probably just a few seconds and no dialogue. And we're at the snake hole lounge and Tom is watching a TV in the snake hole lounge and has Leslie on it doing the coin toss tally. And he looks a little guilty, I think like, okay, yeah. she could really use our help. And, and then Tom looks over at Detlef who's sitting on the couch and he's clearly uh, bored. Um, so yeah, he's ready to go for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hours ago. Well, following that, I think we cut back to the studio and, you know, Leslie is comes over to Jerry right as he's wind, finishing up a really beautiful piano concerto. Yeah. Yeah. Three quick things to note. One, Jerry is actually a very, very good piano player. So good on him. Yeah. Um, two, uh, Leslie obviously got desperate enough that she allowed Jerry to play piano. Right. And then three, if you notice that the, on the TV, the crawler uh, down on the bottom of the screen um, misspells his name as Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y. Saw it. Gergich, like leaves out the E in Gergich. So There's just no G-R-G-I-C-H. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, like you said, he finishes up. Leslie comes on the air and says, okay, enough of that racket. <laughs> It just dismisses his beautiful play um, and says, okay. And I think at this point we had a time cue and it was like five fifty six, So it's like yep. right here. We're at the, we're at the, the end of it. And she says, okay, it's 6am, but we still need donations to keep coming in. And um, in the background, we see Mark enter the studio with, the, with the ring and he starts to come on stage. And so Leslie now obviously knows something Mark does not and, and frantically tries to stop him until in desperation to stop him. She quote, <laughs> pulls down her pants. Let's all pull down our pants for diabetes uh, and one, then two, three. Oh, and yeah, one, two, three. And then this causes this made me laugh so hard. We have 
<clears throat> Pawnee Public Access 46, please stand by. Technical difficulties. Like a, a sign comes up <laughs> on the air and like it kind of has Muzak playing in the background. And the sign, the technical difficulty sign, has a large picture of a raccoon chewing through wires, which is so oh, funny good. and appropriate for Pawnee, I thought. It's really good. And then we have just, I think, just a quick few seconds where we see Detlef is now driving Tom's car with Tom in the backseat. It's still That's a drunk right. Tom. Um, drunk. And, and, and there are a few jump cuts of Tom blurting out some funny drunken stuff as they make their way to the telethon. But they're, they're on their way is the main thing. Yeah. And we learn Tom is hungry. I think it's pretty much about all we learn there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to get some good chicken. Yep. Well, following the technical difficulties, you know, Leslie has her pants back on and, you know, Joan finally comes up and weighs in when Tom finally arrives with Detlef. That's right. Yeah. The, the technical difficulty sign is gone. They're back on the air. And this is uh, this is this is my my AKA like, uh, you know, um, you just love flashing your ass, don't you? That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. So then. Uh, Tom runs up on stage and goes, hey, everybody, he's clearly drunk, introduces Detlef Shrimp. So now yeah, Tommy Timberlake is in the house. Tommy Timberlake is in the, his house. Yeah. And, and this is this is literally at like the last minute and and at least for Leslie shift. And then yeah. Detlef comes on the stage there and presents Leslie with a giant novelty check uh, for five thousand dollars for diabetes research from the Detlef Shrimp Foundation. And everybody applauds as the board now goes to uh, almost twenty three thousand. Yeah. So they they clearly met their goal and, and then a, a little little more. Um, at this point, Leslie looks over the side and sees Mark getting ready to leave and she races after him. And, and stops him. And, and so Mark's kind of confused and says, well, what, what happened? And Leslie apologizes for her suggestion in the first place about, you know, proposing on TV saying she must've been tired when she did that. And she, and she didn't think Anne would want that to happen on TV. Uh, right. So Good save. Yeah. Yeah. He'll find out eventually, you know, it's not Leslie's place to, to fill in that gap. Right. Yeah. Well, I think at this point, Mark, you know, watching the clock here, it's 6.04 a.m. Leslie's shift is over and our buddy Perd Happily takes the stage and apparently is a very special talent. Yeah, my name is Perd Happily. And then the story of this dance is it's called The Worm. And he starts doing The Worm. It's it, amazing. With, with, with the great, great instrumental song Axel F playing in the background. It was so uh, good. Oh, my gosh. I only it, regret that when we talked to Jay Jackson, Mr. Purd Happily, we didn't ask him about the worm. I, I don't know what was wrong with me, quite honestly. We really should have. I, I completely agree because that yeah. was pretty impressive. It was. Um, and um, so Leslie then is in the back room, the, the, the sleep fighting room, we called it. Uh, so she's in the back room and I think she's kind of gathering her stuff and she's getting ready to leave. And on the couch, we see Ron like really wake up kind of groggy, you know, and, and he greets Leslie and um, asks if she needs him to, you know, do anything else to demonstrate any more of his skills on air or anything. And Leslie tells him that she thinks they're good and heads out. And so she heads out. I think Ron's still kind of waking up and she, and there's a TV there in the sleep fighting room and the right. TV is showing the, the <laughs> great bird happily doing the worm to Axel F in the background. And Ron looks, looks over at the TV and says, what the beep are you doing, Bird Happily? <laughs> <laughs> He's amused and intrigued and all horrified all in one. Yup. 
Well, as you said, Mark, it's now morning and I think Leslie is showing up at Ann's house, you know, post shift here, uh, you know, and she's offering to talk things out because you realize that her and Ann really didn't get to talk. Yes. Yes. Um, this is, this is pretty impressive. You know, like, like you said, she arrives at Leslie arrives at Ann's house. She sleepily rings the doorbell. Um, and surprised to see her there. Like, yeah. why, why, why aren't you sleeping? What are you doing here? Um, and cause Leslie has been up basically 49 hours at this point to the best yep, of her knowledge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and Leslie just said, well, look, get, given what you told me earlier, I thought you might want to talk more. Um, which Anne is very, very grateful for. And she certainly does. Although Leslie does warn her, she's a little tired. And in fact, she may have parked on the front lawn. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, Anne is very, very grateful that she's there and lets Leslie in. And I think they talk it out. Yeah. Well, all after this, Mark, all that's left is the kicker. You know, I, I think some time has passed and Anne's kind of filling us in on what's went down since that conversation has happened. Yeah, she says, uh, this is just one big Ann talking head. She yeah. she tells us that she had an amazing talk with Leslie. So that's that's nice. Um, how great Leslie is and and uh, how she then fell asleep on her couch afterwards. And as of the point of that talking head is still asleep now, 22 hours later. <laughs> um, and they show a series of kind of funny jump cuts uh, oh, yeah. of what Leslie has been able to sleep through, including uh, such things as a dish shattering uh, and sitting on the couch next to her talking loudly on the phone and yep. vacuuming. Um, and it ends with uh, Anne saying again, talking head, um, you know, I've been monitoring her vital signs. She's totally fine. I love her so much, but I think I'm going to draw a mustache on her face. <laughs> you Fade know to what? Black. Yeah. You, you just, you can't even trust an Ann Perkins with a magic marker. I'm just saying. I think it would almost be irresponsible to not draw a mustache on someone's face if they were in that state. If you're close enough to them that they're not going to be horribly offended, I, I, I think you got to. Yeah. I mean, it's going to yeah. wear off eventually. Right. Right. <laughs> wonder what they would do if it was Ron. How would he even know? <laughs> were they going to draw a mustache? I could give him some nice eyebrows. Oh, I love it. See, you nailed it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we both nailed it, Mark. That was a good breakdown. And, uh, you know, let, let's do this. Um, let's take a real quick break. And when we come back, we can talk about our tropes, deleted scenes, fun facts, and we'll give this thing a score and then we'll send everybody home. A tremendous idea, Sir Alan. Let's do it. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. Every generation has its iconic concert film that changes the way people think about modern music for the years that follow. For this generation, that film is Identity Crisis. This is Mouse Rat. Hello. This is Reginald Swanson, Ron's cousin from the UK. From their humble roots in small-town Pawnee, Indiana, to their almost regionally recognized heights, Mouse Rat has been the music of a generation and their fans will never be the same. Starting from their early beginnings at the WKKR 2008 Pawnee Battle of the Bands to their soaring heights up near Horsey Heaven at the Pawnee Unity concert a few years later, Mouse Rat, like so many amazing rock gods before them, struggled in their early days with finding their voice and a permanent band name. Tens and hundreds of early fans knew them with various other but equally awesome names such as Scarecrow Boat, Angel Snack, Puppy 
possum or even penis pendulum, punch face champion, Department of Homeland Obscurity, Jet Black Pope, and many, many, many other names before the group finally settled on their best and most consistent name, Mouse Rat. And there has never been another band like them since. So, whether you are a lifelong fan or just band curious, look for this mind-bending documentary brought to you by Entertainment 720 and coming soon to theaters everywhere with simultaneous releases on HBO Max and Pawnee Public Access 46. The band is Mouse Rat. The film is Identity Crisis. And this has been one of their biggest fans. Just don't tell them that a Swanson sent you. We do have our reputations to uphold. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, welcome back. Well, Mark, as promised, you know, I'll give a real quick summary of our deleted scenes before we move into a few of our other things before we give our score. You know, I think here we had about 10 deleted scenes on the DVD collection running about five minutes and 40 seconds. We've already mentioned a couple of these. I think, you know, in addition to the stuff we've already talked about, um, you know, there's there's a couple talking heads that were pretty, pretty funny that were left out. Um, you know, there's this little conversation between Ian and Leslie. Uh, there's a little more of the drunk, you know, kind of uh, jump cuts with Detlef and Tom, um, some more, you know, like I said, that alternate take on Leslie's Nana and the devil, <laughs> which is still pretty funny to me. That's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, one thing that I felt like was really missing that I kind of wish they had put in the scene, not just because it was hilarious, but to me, I was left wondering what happened immediately after the cold open, Leslie comes into the bullpens yelling fire. And we talked about it at the very top of the show. Mm -hmm. Well, as he, she does that, Andy's on the courtyard and we see him react really wide eyed and he runs off. Well, in the canon version of the episode, we think, you know, he's just running off to protect himself. Right. But what he actually did, we find in the deleted scene was he went and got a fire extinguisher. He was yeah. really concerned and he just walks in and starts spraying. And of course, who does he spray? Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, he's the most flammable. He really is. <laughs> well, and maybe that's why they cut it. You know, we'll talk about Jerry here in a second, I'm sure. But Jerry got a good number of punches in the the Jerry today. Yes. He's, <laughs> I never heard it phrased like that. Yeah, he yeah. sure did. I think the only other thing in deleted scenes that made me giggle personally was we find out, you know, Ron is not only a master caner, but, you know, he's got a rattan guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a guy for all things woodworking or even <laughs> tangential really to woodworking. Uh, so funny. Anyway. Well, Mark, how about first tropes, fun facts? I don't think I had any first this week. Did I miss something? Uh, well, if you did, then I did as well. Fair good enough. sir, because I didn't have any first. I, I had a whole bunch of uh, tropes. You know what the viewers should do, Mark? Hmm. They should go out there to livefrompawnee.com. They should then, you know, there's nine different ways, I think, to communicate with us. I, tell us if we missed something on the first, because I, I just I looked pretty hard. We're always trying to, you know, feature that because it's I think it's worth seeing what goes from kind of the hey, the first time they did the thing to the they've now done it 34 times in the tropes. I just didn't see anything this week. Yeah, you know what? That's a great suggestion. We, we'd love to hear from any of you if you want to contact us, uh, you know, tell tell us what you agree with, what you don't, uh, where, where we went wrong, <laughs> what yeah. we missed. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please do. How about tropes? Um, 
Well, I had quite a few. Um, see, I, I kind of confuse tropes, I think, a little bit sometimes with um, certain actions versus just certain people being present. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. We had uh, the Pawnee Sewer Department slash Sewage Joe. Sure. Um, so I don't know if that was considered a trope, but what I would consider a trope is that Sewage Joe is the Park Department's antagonist. Yeah, I think that's true. And he's okay. kind of pervy and he was all those things today. <laughs> Um, so just kind of going down that line, we had a whole bunch, a whole bunch of guest stars. It was really, really impressive. Um, uh, Joan Calamezzo from Pawnee Today, uh, yeah. and we kind of had her as a trope as a Leslie antagonist, I think sure. would be fair to say. Yes. Um, uh, from Channel 4 Eyewitness News, Purd Happily. Yeah. Um, Welcome uh, back, Purd. I don't think he's really uh, an antagonist so much as he's just funny and he's Purd. Yeah, um, he's Purd. We uh, we saw the return of, as we said, uh, Pawnee MC Martin Housley, who we last saw in Beauty Pageant. Yeah. Um, Pawnee's most bookable personality, Denise Yermley, who we also last saw in Beauty Pageant, I think. So funny. And uh, <laughs> Accountant Barney. And I think yeah. I don't know if we know his last name or not, but he he's the QuickBooks yeah. Pro guy. He's just um, Barney, but you know he's done by actor John Balma. So uh, one of my favorite, you know, kind of semi-recurring characters in the series for sure. Maybe he's just Barney, kind of like uh, Sting. Oh, like, you know, he is just for share. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Madonna. Oh man, the list yeah. just goes on and on, and Beyonce it kind of stops there. No, sorry, no, no, she's she's Knowles. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, some other ones I had, we mentioned PBJ, Punching Bag Jerry. Uh, my gosh, there were multiple where he was playing the piano uh, and called Jet Leslie calling it racket. Jerry trying to do magic. Jerry with the switchboard. That was very funny. Um, yeah. I also clocked, uh, I called it April versus Jerry when April piles yeah, on personally yeah. a little bit more. We've talked about that in the past. We have. Um, Sweetums and particularly Nutrium Bars makes a return. Oh, yeah. Good um, call. The Snake Hole Lounge, of, of yep. course, makes a yep. return. Um, Mouse Rat in general. I don't think they had any different band names, but but still, yeah. you know, Mouse Rat. Um, and I think the other, only other trope I had was uh, Fat Pawnee or Overweight Pawnee, oh, yeah. di Diabetes Pawnee. I missed that um, one, but you're exactly right. Yeah, there was a, a couple mentions of it. What I miss? Um, not much. I mean, I think the only other thing I had was we had a return to the Snake Hole Lounge, which, you know, kind of like people, you know, it was a recurring location. Um, you know, we did have Mouse Rat, as you said, but I think we had, we kind of already said earlier, this is at least the second mention of their their fabulous breakout hit, Sex Hair. Right. <laughs> which a little bit of a trope of its own, I suppose. But, and, you know, and the last thing I had is the one we always have. And it's, it's always over something, Leslie, over involved, over prepared. Um, here I just said overextended, Leslie. Mm. Um, she's constantly digging herself in some sort of hole she's got to get out of. And this week was no different. Yeah, you know what? That's a great call, and and I agree. It's it's it changes. It can change a little bit from show to show, bit. but it's always over something, Leslie. Over she, the top, Leslie is I think the umbrella category. Yeah, yeah. And how how she's over is what's different. Yeah. And you know, Alan, I was going down all of our guest stars, and I didn't even uh, mention. Uh, you know, we mentioned the Snake Hole Lounge. Uh, Freddie, yeah. owner. Yeah, Freddie's there. Well, and then so. of course the Mouse Rat guys, right? So. And then the mouse. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Just it's a huge list. I normally read at the beginning, but I, I was as we we're going through the beginning. I was like, "Are there twelve names here? I'm not going to do that." But yeah, did it. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! Um, I didn't have any goofs. Did you have goofs? I had one. It was hmm. it was clocked by someone else, so I'm I'm reporting it here. I'm a reporter today, much like Purd and Joan to some degree, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, 
not as sensational as Joan, of course. But, uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. The, the phone number for the telephone they flash up is 1-800-PAWNEE, which is exactly one digit short of being an actual telephone number. So uh, someone called that a goof. I, I bet it was, I know it was on purpose for sure. And probably a good thing it wasn't a real phone number. Although just like in the office, these phone numbers that sh they show up on screen whenever they are real, uh, that that you guaranteed in real life, people get called on that number by somebody who's watching that episode. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and if they're smart, they'll turn that number into something like, yeah. You know, you know, sex hotline, something like that, you know, to yeah. make some money. Yeah, uh, of absolutely. course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, sex hair hotline. There it is. <laughs> oh, LOL and yuck. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. So I and I had one fun fact and it's, you know, that that Jerry is, uh, you know, uh, the, when he's playing during the telethon, I believe that was actually Jim O'Hare. And, uh, you know, he was playing the waltz in A flat major um, from the opera number 39, movement number 15 by Brahms. Wow. Yeah. That's a good How one. you like that? Now, I knew that personally, but of course, I went to the Internet to confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> Not nicely done. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I didn't have that. I, I had a few and I think we've already covered most of them. Like this, this episode was written by Amy Poehler. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, point. she, she, she flashed uh, Joan uh, the set for a second time on air. The first yeah. time was the Christmas scandal. Um, we talked about Mass Rat playing uh, sex hair and it's called back to Galentine's day. And the only other fun fact I had was um, if you remember on when they were at the phone bank in one scene, Donna mentions her brother yeah. is in Liberia. Yeah. Well, in real life, Retta's aunt is the president of Liberia. I heard that in an interview. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. So pretty cool that they were able to feature that uh, kind of factoid from Retta's life. Very neat. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. And again, you know, I totally get it. I, I still wish someone would explain loss to me. So <laughs> stupid smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, tell you what, why don't we give this thing a score and then we'll uh, we'll send uh, everybody home. Uh, After like somebody it. mops up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, you know, producer slash janitor that that's his new title. I don't know. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that they did a really, really good job in this episode of um, a, 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 few, a few things. First, I, they unbelievable list of guest stars. I mean, yeah. just huge. I probably, I would say the biggest to date. Um, it's it's in I'm the top mistaken. two. I know that for a fact. Yeah right up there and the other thing i thought they did well and this is personal opinion of course but i thought that they did a great job of um splitting up the time in a way that was pretty equitable and it gave most mm -hmm. if not all of the guest stars at least a small little window to kind of sing and dance so to speak and in addition to all that i thought they also gave a little bit of time to just about every single main cast member. They so, did. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's all exactly equal, but I was pretty impressed. Like when I started going down the character list, I thought, wow, they did something. They did something. They did something. And not just like one little throwaway line, you know, um, I agree. I mean, probably the smallest one, I guess, was Donna, maybe. And even she got some great lines in. I would agree. Yeah, I, I had down bench use this week as just, uh, you know, I was very pleased with it. That's what I said. 
And see, I, and I agree with you. And it wasn't just that they balanced the time so well, not only between their bench, but this huge, huge list of guest stars. Like how many times in the past, Alan, have we said like, Oh, if we have guest stars, yeah. they can kind of chew the scenery a little bit and, and, and eat up some of the time that would normally go to the rest of the cast. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. This, it felt like everyone got a little bit of a moment and I just one felt story. Like, yeah, I, I just one like- story. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. I think if you go back to sister city and some of those, it's one of those where they had three storylines and then they get a Fred Armisen in there who we love and is mm. hysterically funny. But again, we felt kind of cheated when, you know, the, so much was given there on that one storyline here. You got one semi complex story, not a lot more than that. And it just gives you time to let everybody spread their wings a little bit. You know, Alan, that's a great point. And and from there, I'm going to dive right into my score uh, with a slight bit of explanation. So I'm going to give this guy a, a 4.5 base score. And it's somewhat high. I, I really, really, as you just pointed out, Alan, I like this, this storyline as a vehicle to deliver not only story, not only plot progression, but also one-off funny moments. So like the, the, mm. the, the, the stage was set for almost anybody who was there to have a little bit of a moment at a minimum. I just thought they did a really, really good job. Yeah. That's um, great. I'm going to give a bonus point to just plain out saying lots and lots of great, great guest stars and recurring characters and maybe the most to date. So full point for that. I'm going to give it another full point because I like it so much of their excellent, excellent use of the deep comedic bench as well as the guest stars. Maybe arguably their best use of their comedic bench since um, the camel, which I know was one I really harped on. And I, I, yeah. I gave a pretty high score too. I get it. Um, I'm going to give half a point by just a great overall performance by Amy Poehler through the whole thing. I mean, she, despite everyone getting a little moment of time, she was definitely the glue that held everything together. And I thought she did a really, really good job. Um, I'm going to give a half point for Ron's sleep fighting just because that's freaking funny. Like, I love that whole concept. So funny. Um, I'm going to give a half point for uh, what I would consider a, finally a definitive advancement of the plot for both Mark and Anne. Um, and especially because it's kind of going in a direction that I eventually know it's going to go, but I wanted it to go. And so it's like, okay, that's good. And um, finally, I'm going to give um, another half point for Leslie Moon and Joan Calamezzo for the second <laughs> time on air because that's just freaking funny. Uh, so, Alan, you, you add all these up. And you come up with my total, which is 8.5 Little Sebastians. This is a really, really good episode. Um, I, The only thing I would say about this is it at first I thought it seemed a little self-serving of Leslie, more than we're used to, when she, out of desperation she asked Mark to propose on to Anne on air. But you know what? Yes, but I, I can excuse that as an act of desperation. And, and you know what? And one that she later apologized for. So. I- Totally agree with you. I, I felt the same way about that moment and then what happened subsequently after it, for sure. Yeah. So you what know, you got, buddy? I, 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 I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I think for me, one thing I'll add that you didn't really say out loud, but I think, you know, you'll agree with is that this episode being written by Amy Poehler, much the way that Leslie is always looking out for everyone else. I'm very intrigued by the idea that Amy Poehler really wanted everyone to get a lot of screen time, equal screen time here. And she wrote the episode with that in mind. Oh, wow. Great point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And when we get her on the show, when it finally happens, <laughs> oh. 
I, I may not be able to speak, to be honest with you. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But um, should it ever happen, I'm going to ask her. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that that's a great that's a great point. Because like it, I said, she's got a, a five episodes she wrote, and this is definitely they're all really good. But this is one of the best for sure. And um, I, I, I'd, I'd love to ask her that. Well, Constantine told me that we are actually in her queue. We're, we're seven years away. So. Seven years. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yep. Well, we'll finish this here and I think about two. So five years after that, we'll get the call. Yeah, we may just have to extend this podcast by doing, I don't know, angry rants or something. I haven't, I don't know. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Mark, you know, I love inside jokes. I hope to be a part of one of them one of these days. Oh, you are. Thank you. Mark, you know, um, on the scoring side, um, I, I won't I won't add much here except to say beyond the Leslie and uh, Amy Poehler comment there. I really liked a couple things in particular. Um, you know, I, I feel like this was a really funny premise and a good interweaving of these kind of the primary storyline and then it's kind of tangents. Um, I think it created that balance that we talked about is really where where my head was around that. Um, you know, everyone was what we wanted them to be in this episode. Um, I, I've thought it was funny kind of Tom being so starstruck by Detlef, um, even though later that's totally in his DNA. At this point, we're kind of learning that about him. So that was kind of a reveal for the first time as well. Um, you know what I did this week? I actually did something a little different and it was inspired by, uh, you know, an IMDb review I saw where someone kind of did the top 10 moments of the episode. And I thought instead of just talking about all the people, I'm going to read that list. This was contributed by a user named Bren Bella. Um, And if we like this, I'll do this every week. And that's probably all I'll do. And then I'll give my score. Wow. Uh, So I thought we'd give it a try this week. Okay. And and I would say that if I had written these, I probably would have picked at least seven of the ones that he picked here. Um, I might have varied a little bit in the overall top 10, but it's still an excellent top 10. All right. All right. So. Um, one, a puppy licking Ron's mustache. <laughs> Two, uh, no, it's Jerry's sex night that runs sex and tonight. Three, um, even my tongue is fat, the story of Pawnee. Number four, clipboard mouth, <laughs> which again, Leslie mania. Uh, number five, Tom getting drunk with that love shrimp. And, you know, he's had two beers, light beers. Um, mouse rat performing sex hair. Um, number seven, Ron sleep fighting. Uh, and I love the lines, and this was included in here. Uh, wow, that must be terrible. And he says, only when I'm losing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Ron recaining an old chair. He's actually losing money. Uh, and number nine, hey, Leslie, it's Leslie. Hang in there. I love you. Bye. Yep. That was that little bit of self-encouragement you talked about. And then number 10, per doing the worm. I mean, you know, it's a classic, classic moment. What a list, though. I mean, like to have so many strong, strong moments, not just like, okay, we got to fill it up with 10. Let's just pick 10 kind of sort of. And I'm sure there's five or seven more that we could easily put in that list. So I kind of like this. I thought this is a good way to kind of relive a few of the the highlight moments here, especially the laugh out loud moments, which often influence our score. So that being said, 8.5. You're right. We agree. Boom. Wow. Drop the mic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the only the only other thing I have to add to that is um, I was actually toggling between eight point five and nine. Me too. And 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 I will admit to you, had I remembered when I was kind of summarizing this all in my head, had I remembered the very 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 funny cold open, which I yeah. did not give any bonus points to. Oh, okay. I I, I might Could have, have easily been a half point 
for the fuller brush. That is so freaking funny. Um, (laughs) No, I I like that list. That was a very uh, good list put together by that user. Um, Yeah, I don't mind plagiarizing this week, but I I will make the commitment. (laughs) It's a good idea. And often, you know, we do get our best ideas sometimes inspired by others. So we'll make it our own going forward if we like the idea. But I thought that was good. Those are all great moments from this episode. It's one of my favorites from season two. Um, There's a couple more coming up that could potentially go a little higher right before we wrap up season two because big happenings are about to happen. We've been alluding to this for a while and it's going to happen in the next episode which yeah. will be the master plan. Mm, oh man, I cannot wait. It's going to be good. So we'll be back with that episode next week. And we thank everybody for joining us this week. And until then, adieu. <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.